Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Booth Podcast. I am not the voice you usually hear say that sentence. I am Reese Shonsby, joined today with Davey O'Doyle. How's it going, Davey? Uh, I had a long weekend of wrestling. It was good. Got some uh, matches on me, got some uh, aggression out, got some money in my pocket. But uh, we got some we got some football to talk about, eh? We do have some football to talk about, and it's not the football you usually hear us talk about. We're going to talk some Canadian football today. We're going to get into some CFL. The booth is expanding. We will be talking about a few other things other than the NFL. We'll be bringing back some conversations about the NHL as well, and now introing the CFL and maybe some other Canadian sports down the road. Yeah, keep keep your ears open for this one here. Exactly. So I think we'll kick this off with some of the biggest stories in the CFL from the past few weeks, highlighted by the trading of Trevor Harris from Edmonton to Montreal after the injury to Vernon Adams. What what a this is an interesting one, you know what I mean? Because you hear Edmonton top to bottom is just not the place to be right now. So you always have that little thing in the back of your mind because Trevor Harris was such at a point, like you can correct me if you don't agree, but like basically was an elite CFL quarterback for like a three-year span, I'd say almost. Oh, for, right? sure. for sure. And then just to see him at this point regressing, but Edmonton's a bad team. So you don't know, is it the chicken or is it the egg? You know what I mean? It's one of those things, but either way, he's gone from Edmonton. Now he goes from a team that's definitely not making the playoffs to a team in Montreal that looks like they have a very good shot of making the playoffs, right? So I don't know, man. It's it's an interesting little changeup. He didn't get the start this past weekend, but his team Montreal did still get the win, if I'm not mistaken here. Yes, they did get the win behind quarterback Matthew Schiltz, who looked very good playing against Toronto had a very good game and I think has got some people questioning if Trevor Harris would start over him right away. A big reason I think that Montreal traded for Trevor Harris was because behind Vernon Adams and Matthew Schultz, I don't think they have anybody who's ever seen the field in the CFL game. <laughs> the thing about that Matthew Schultz arguments that's interesting there is that it's not, it's not like Toronto is like a schlub team. You know what I mean? It's not the bottom feeding like Edmonton. It's not the Red Blacks. You know what I mean? Like that's a team on paper with all the offseason moves they did. I thought that was the best team in the in the East for sure. And now we're seeing how tough the East really is with Montreal and Toronto and Hamilton all just fighting for that one spot. It's like it's a tight neck and neck race. But certainly there's an argument to be made that Toronto might be the best of them. The only team that's beat Winnipeg, if we're going to compare it that way. And Montreal pulled out, pulled out it in a pretty like decisive win. Honestly, it wasn't a last second score. It was a decisive win. It definitely was. I think, I think we're going to see a, a dog fight here for the East division. I think we've got our three teams. Ottawa is officially out of it. I don't think there's a way BC crosses over to take that third spot. BC's um, BC's a team that's weird too. I mean, we'll just jump all over the CFL, but since there's only like, a handful of teams compared to most leagues, it's pretty easy. But yeah, you can kind of do that. BC is an interesting team because I, I really thought with that early season push, even when they weren't winning games, they seemed like the friskiest team. They seemed like a team that would could be in any game in any week, 
And I mean, there's not, they're not eliminated by any means, but to only have what four wins right now in the CFL. Like, I mean, that's not very impressive. So I don't know what to think of BC, but they're only right now, they're still only a game back of Hamilton at five and five, right? They are. It's It's, wide open still. It's a question of, it has something gone wrong in BC that things aren't happening now. Was it the injury to lucky whitehead? Was it something else? Because Three weeks ago, we wouldn't have been imagining that BC would take a 45 to nothing L versus even Winnipeg. Right. That's that's a tough loss. That's about as bad as a loss gets is 45 to nothing. Yeah, I'm, it's, it's one of those things like, in, and if maybe it's just me, maybe it's just being an optimist about, hey, these teams aren't as good as, as they seem they are, but like, Michael Riley's doing well, but it doesn't seem like he's the same guy still. It and it doesn't seem no. like he's the same guy since he's been in BC, right? Exactly. A lot of that has to do around the O-line with oh yeah. It's very hard to be a successful quarterback when you're getting hit on 70% of plays. Right. But it's even so, it just seems like he was the kind of quarterback that even those tough years in Edmonton, those couple tough years before they really got cooking in like 2014 and stuff. It just seemed like he he could make stuff happen a lot more than he can now, and and BC's not a team that lacks weapons by any means. I mean Brian Burnham is still one of the best receivers in the league at his disposal, right? And it just doesn't seem like it's clicked at all since BC. And I mean, like you said, the offensive line getting destroyed, time in time out, more than the average guy does not help. But even so. Exactly. And I guess we'll jump all over the CFL here too. And we should chat about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and their complete dominance over the entire league this year and clinching first place in the West division already this season. What do you think about this Bombers team? I really hope that they can be stopped. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's just what it is at this point. You're, you're 10 in one team and with a shortened season, what there's like three games, four games left. So four, I mean, like four weeks, yeah, yeah. There's four weeks left. And they've already clinched it at ten and one, and I mean, if they played Toronto again, they beat them, right? So they easily could be eleven and zero. Exactly. And just for a team, especially that, in like I said, such a smaller league like the CFL is, you you get a pretty good idea of what these teams are consistently. It's not as much any given Sunday when you only have so many players in the league who are starters, and you know how to expose them. And Winnipeg has the winning formula right from the, the top down, right? Caleros is playing good ball. Trevor Harris is still a great Canadian back. Oliviero, when he's the backup running back, doesn't look like they miss a beat when he's in. All a great offensive line, weapons on the outside, and then you jump to that defense. You got Jeff Cote, you got Willie Jefferson on the edges. Like, pick your poison, you're going to get beat by one of them. Big Hill. In the middle, you got Brandon Alexander hurting guys from safety, right? The good cornerbacks they have, it's just, it's a team that doesn't really have a weakness. And like like I said, I just hope that somebody gets a lucky one in the playoffs, but it doesn't look good. It doesn't. And I think what might be the saving grace for the rest of the teams is the fact that Winnipeg has now clinched first in the West Division. That means that from their last game against BC, their 45 to nothing route, until December 5th, the West final, they have no meaningful games. That is 43 days of not a single meaningful game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 
And we've seen it before in the CFL is teams, teams get out of their rhythm when, when, when you have a break like that. It's, it's a, the thing where like, as a, as a rider fan, you sit here and we started off so, so hot. And then once we ran into Winnipeg, man, that killed, that almost killed us dead is what it seemed like really just brought us back to earth, humbled us. It's not often we lose at Mosaic on Labor Day and we just, we do get beat convincingly. And besides, I guess we can skip right into the riders, but that Winnipeg one knocked us down and then you lose Shaq Evans and you have this two game bump where Calgary just outright takes it to us. Right. And a lot of that was our own doing for a couple of those games too, is not playing four quarters of football. Last week, thankfully, after that bye, we got some weapons back, and we actually got a, a really big W that we needed to keep a game ahead of Calgary, right? But, I mean, it's it's on the upswing, and it's an easier bit of the schedule coming up, so hopefully we can get a home playoff game out of this. I, I think the Riders are definitely in the position they want to be. I, of course, if we go back four weeks before we started playing Calgary, there was a different mindset that we wanted to be in a position where we had basically already clinched a playoff spot at that point, which we are very close to doing right now. It can be done by the riders this week. If my math is correct, I'd seen nobody else say that, but I think fairly certain the riders can clinch a playoff game with a win, a BC loss and an Edmonton loss or tie this week. So that is a good possession to be in. If you're the riders, um, you're in a good position now to get a home playoff game being a game up on Calgary. They do have the season series in hand, so you definitely can't end tied with them. You got to end that game up, but, yeah. but I think the riders are in a position, a good position right now. Yeah. It's one of those things where if we don't get hindered by injuries, there's no reason we can't win all of our last games exactly. and definitely clinch a home playoff spot. We just like, hopefully that offensive line that's been up and down this year, you know, hopefully they have enough health, they have enough juice to bring it and we can get our offense, keep them rolling. Right. Cause that's been the trouble this year for sure is our offense has swung up and it's swung down pretty bad. Yes. Yes. I, I think the riders have an interesting game this week. Um, this will be the riders first game out East all season. Wow. Hey. Going to Montreal. We only have two games out east all season, and it is this week against Montreal and week 16 against Hamilton. Um, it's an interesting game. This is a Montreal team that is that is first in the East Division now. They're tied with Toronto, but they do have a tiebreaker over them now with with the W they got last week. Um, it's not a it's not a team to sleep on if you're the riders. I think it's a team you'd really got to take seriously. I think that's the big thing, especially about outside of outside of maybe Edmonton and Ottawa, just on the outside is every team right now is basically, if you're in the hunt, you have to be at your best playing almost playoff football. Right. And that's like you said, outside of Winnipeg, I guess, cause they've clinched and then Edmonton, Ottawa, everybody is fighting for that, for the spots. Right. So everybody has to be at their best. This is do or die already. Cause I mean, shortened year, going into the playoff picture, every everything's got to be tip-top. And like I said, the riders on paper are good enough. They've shown on when they are on their upswings that they're good enough to win. 
all of their last games, their last, what, four games? Four games to go, yeah. Their last four games, right? So hopefully with Duke Williams coming to the Riders, Shaq Evans back in, some luck with our O-line here, man. Like, it look, looks good anyways, right? Just can't take it lightly. It's playoff time, basically. Yeah, yeah. I think let's let's talk about these Riders receivers and some of the struggles that the team has had over the past few weeks. Now you didn't have a Duke Williams, you didn't have a Shaq Evans. And that has been the knock on the riders is where is the deep ball? Right. There has been a non-existent deep ball threat on this team. Yeah. It's one of those things where you can only ask so much of Keen Schaefer Baker, who's played well beyond what he should have played. He's, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Looks like he'd be a great weapon for the riders to keep going, but you can only ask so much, especially of a guy who's not, he's not the most length, like lanky receiver in his own right. He's just a, a great athlete, right? More than anything. And Kyran Moore is a, is, a, is a great athlete as well, very fast, but he's not the tall, deep ball, vertical threat that we need, right? Yeah, those are those are two guys that are a really great threat in that under 20 yard range. Right. They, that is where they're plays at prime and we didn't have a guy like Shaq Evans or a guy like Duke Williams that could be that threat over the top. Now defenses play down. They're playing in that 20 yard range from the line of scrimmage. And, and cause they know you can't hit the deep ball, you know, these guys aren't a deep ball threat. So we're running swing passes. We're running short slants and things are getting blown up. And, and that was our big problem against for our offense against Calgary in those first two meetings. Mm-hmm. I it's, it's one of those things, right. Where hopefully you just want to hope that this solves all the problems. And as, as we go along, we figure it out. Um, I'm interested to see what your take is on the defense because at the, especially at the start of the year, even stuff like that pass rush was really cooking um, just the play all around was really good. We didn't seem to have these lapses in the secondary that we've had as of late. Like, what do you think about this defense? I think this defense is a really good defense when it's healthy. Great. And I think we are struggling in the secondary right now Yeah, with, with some key injuries there. Starting two guys last week who had never started in a CFL game. Props to them. Both got interceptions. So good to see some some young guys succeeding in the league. Um, but I think it's been a struggle when you're, when you're starting uh, younger guys at that corner and halfback spot, and you've had to move Luches Purifoy to the safety spot with Mike Edom out. And now Purifoy is playing out of a position that he hasn't played in in years. And, and you've got him having to help out two two younger guys over on that, at that half in that corner. And it's, it's been a little bit of a struggle for this team. There's been some, some big, big plays for opponents um, against that secondary. Uh, But I think if this defense can get healthy before the playoffs, I'm not sure what the timetable is on Edom. I think he might be back right before playoffs. And even just that and being able to move Purifoy back to that halfback spot I think yeah. we're sitting a lot better. Yeah, that's that's definitely like even just 
catching bits and pieces of games if you miss it you can even see watching those games with calgary right it was like they were, i think it was the second game the first play of the game a huge bomb right down the sideline for the for calgary for a touchdown right like stuff like that you can't get beat right away you can't you can't give up stuff like that often and with the secondary being so beat up right they just have been so i mean like you said props to the new guys for stepping up that's the name of the game in any league is who has the best guys on the field? You, there's no excuse. You have to have depth, right? And I'll give them credit for that. Um, I just hope that this this uh, our our front. I hope that we get some some pressure. You know what I mean? Earlier in the year, we had a lot and a lot of pressure from like from Woodard at the edge, especially. Um, and like like I said, it just seems like it hasn't been as consistent. I mean, maybe that's just also that we've just been losing those games, so maybe you don't notice the, the good as much. But we definitely need to get some pressure because if we give a guy like Zach Claros all the time in the world, if we end up playing Winnipeg, we have no chance. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. I think, especially from Woodard, we saw a real hot start. I think we saw him had five sacks in the first six or seven games. Since then, I think he's got a total of seven sacks. Yeah. Uh, he's leveled off a bit. Um, I, I think this defense that, that D line, some more pressure would be nice. I think they're holding their own. Uh, I think they've been doing fairly good in the, in, as a run defense. Um, Kadeem Carrier with Calgary had a couple big games, but he's a good running back. I hate to say it for a Calgary running back after always seeing a good Calgary running back and John Cornish, and now maybe we got some, they got something in, in Kadeem Carey. So, yeah, it's there's something to be said for stopping the run, especially when that'll be a huge asset, especially in the playoffs as it gets colder, right? Definitely. Because now we're playing, never have we played in December, right? We're going to be playing games in December in prop, possibly Regina, a game in Winnipeg, right? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe we'll get a little bit of reprieve, but even in December, Hamilton's going to be cold, right? And that's, sure that's the deal. Sure right? So, so that, that run defense will help us there. It's just, you know, you worry about the dynamic playmakers and the time you give these quarterbacks, the good ones, if, if they don't have pressure. So hopefully, even if we have to cook up stunts, even if we need to use those linebackers more, we get something cooking there. Right? I, I think we saw a little bit out of there in the, in the second half of the Calgary game this week. I think we saw, um, a couple sacks from the linebacking core, right. uh, just bringing a couple blitz packages. I think it was promising. I think in that game against Calgary we had this week, that was two different teams from the first half to the second half. Yeah. Coach Dickey lit a fire under those guys' ass in at, at halftime. He said something in that locker room, and a different team came out. I mean, that's really the, the judging, especially if you don't know all the ins and outs of what's going on behind the scenes, is if you want to know how good your coach is, how good are they at making adjustments at halftime, right? That's a huge example of what separates good teams and bad teams, especially if you're in a close game and you make the right adjustments, you have a great shot of winning that game, right? So it's like, it's good to see that after half, whether it was a rah-rah speech, whether it was adjustments that guys felt more comfortable with whatever it was it worked right so we need more of that going forward definitely so let's look ahead a little bit here to if the playoffs started today okay we would be looking at a west semifinal 
in yep. Regina, Calgary versus Saskatchewan again. Right. <laughs> this is a matchup we are going to see a lot this year. Yeah. We've already seen it three times in the past four weeks. Right. And it's looking very likely that that's going to be the West semifinal, whether it's in Calgary or whether it's in Saskatchewan. That is right. basically set in stone as our West semifinal. Yeah, basically. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Calgary's got the season series now. Um, I won't say that the Riders had their number in the last game of that series either. That was a tight one. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it's either way it's going to be close. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like Calgary really figured themselves out and they're starting to hit their stride. Um, I it, It's going to be optimism since some bias for sure to say I still think the Riders will win that game because of the, the added, the added deep threats that really helped this offense. And then just, I think there's a lot more of an experience edge, especially in our defense than within Calgary's right. A lot more years in that secondary, a lot more experience. Um, and then it, it's, but it's tough to say, right. Cause for as good as Cody Fajardo has been, that's still bully by Mitchell on the other side. That's, that's basic. That's, you could almost argue that's the, the ace quarterback of the CFL, right? So it'd be, it'd be certainly an interesting game to see. It will be. Um, each of the games between Calgary and Saskatchewan this year in this past four weeks have been tight. All three have been tight, whether that was the, the first game with Saskatchewan mounting a little bit of a comeback, um, the second game with Calgary winning it on the walk-off field goal, and mm-hmm. and then this past week with Saskatchewan taking a three-point game as well. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be a good one. If that if that hopefully was what we get as our West semifinal, because I think a Calgary versus Saskatchewan West semifinal is a good thing for the CFL. Yeah. The the thing about this playoff run, if it does head this way, is uh it's it's set up for the riders from a fan perspective and from them as such a little revenge tour, right? Calgary kept two of them and got two games on the riders in the middle of this year, get the big one when it counts at home, go to Winnipeg that's stolen the last two games in our barn, head to their barn. And if we can get a big win there and head to the great cup. Right. So, I mean, it'd be such a revenge tour and I mean, it's going to look ahead quite a bit, but I mean, if, if you beat Winnipeg, it's hard to believe that you're not winning the great cup. Right. Oh, for sure. Like, you, you can never say that this team is, yeah, you're in the Grey Cup, you're winning it. I feel like the closest we've ever thought to that was in 2013. I feel like I woke up that morning and was like, yeah, we're beating Hamilton today. Yeah. But I feel like this is a position if you beat Winnipeg, you it, who's going to be a challenge for you if you can beat Winnipeg? That's You'd think that, right? But, I mean, the CFL is so weird. You've had years where, like, the year that Calgary was by far and away the best team in the league. And Toronto comes in at nine and nine, just scraping by in the East Division, and then they come in and they get an overtime win and win the Great Cup, right? Yep. So I mean, you you want to say that if you can beat Winnipeg or if it's Winnipeg, that's a sure thing. But this this is like maybe the the strangest league in the world for just like oh, no, it's not always the best teams. It's just who gets hot right at the end, right? Exactly. I think that's what's great about the CFL. It's one game and done. Yeah, that's the best part about football is playoffs are a one and done. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, let's look over to the East semifinal. If it happened today, would be the Hamilton Tiger Cats heading down the road 
to Toronto. So that's a game when I look at these games and usually if I was, if I've picked these games this year, I think every time for, it's just the roster for Toronto really stands out to me. But if you've watched the Hamilton games that they've won of late there, it seems like they're really feeling themselves, especially on defense. It seems like they're really tuned in. And with Toronto, I mean, even though Toronto looks good, there's still always a little bit of, is it Bethel Thompson's in and he's looking good or yeah, but if he doesn't play good, you know, there's our buckle there. Right. But I mean, like that could be a pro and a con, but it just seems like to me from the games that I've watched, I would probably pick Hamilton. And I mean, they're a six and four team and a five and five team now. So really there's not a huge clear favorite. No, definitely not. Um, I think that's always a game that could go either way is Toronto versus Hamilton. doesn't matter what the records are. doesn't matter what the time of year is. That is a game that is going to come down to the wire and could go either way just because it's those two teams, those two historic rivals. Looking ahead then to the West final would be the winner of Calgary versus Saskatchewan versus Winnipeg on December 5th at IG Field. That'll be a chilly one. Yeah, that will be cold. So, I mean, Uh, I'd probably speak for both of us when I say optimistically we'll just peg the riders as they won the the West semi, right? Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I said, then you got Winnipeg, right? And that's the biggest test for every team in the CFL right now is can you dethrone the champs, the one loss champs. But I don't want to say – it's hard to predict. It would especially depend how the riders looked the week before. But even being a great optimist, it's hard to say, like, you have any confidence picking anybody that's not the Bombers, right? It's really hard to pick anybody but the Bombers. I think the saving grace for Saskatchewan is they're getting healthy at the right time. Yeah. Um, the Bombers do now have an injury to Andrew Harris. He is likely shut down for the rest of the regular season and won't see any action until the West final, but that also means he'll be very fresh for that West final and he'll be raring to go. Um, It'd be tough to pick against Winnipeg. It'd be tough no matter who's there, but I mean, I know once we get into the position, if it's riders versus Winnipeg in the West final, I'll be on some kind of high where I won't think the riders can lose to anyone. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's just natural, right? That's Rider Nation. I mean, I agree with yeah. you 100%, right? So it'll be interesting, though. It will be. And then let's move over to the East Final. Um, that I feel like will be a less chilly game uh, <laughs> in, in, in what would be Montreal right now um, yeah. with the winner of Hamilton versus Toronto. I think I mean, this, is an, this is an interesting little bracket in the East, especially because all the pressure in this is on Hamilton. Yeah. They've been, people have picked them to be one of the favorites for the great cup for the last, what, three years. And the, last year it seemed like they had, they had the best record in the league. They're raring to go. And they came into the great cup and just laid an egg and Winnipeg walked all over them. And now the great cup is in Hamilton. All the pressure is on these guys. My thought is if they beat Toronto, that they should be able to beat Montreal and get back home. But like we said, the CFL is a crazy place and only having one loss separate 
any of the teams in East Division right now, like it's it's a tough ask to predict, right? It is a tough ask, and I do think this playoff picture in the East is going to change a lot. I personally don't think Montreal will be hosting the East final. They have still in their last four games a home and home with Winnipeg, which is going to be tough to come away in in a tight race in that East division. I think we'll probably be seeing that wet at that Eastern final be in either Hamilton or Toronto, but I can be proven wrong. Yeah. I mean, but (laughs) I don't think you will twice with Winnipeg once a game with the riders still like, that's it'd be no surprise if Montreal's the the team going twice on the road, right? Yeah, you can never predict it when you're making the schedule, but it sure sucks to get here when you're the team that has to play two of the top teams in the league in your last yeah. four. Right. Whereas we look at Saskatchewan's remaining schedule with two against Edmonton, there'll be a key one against Hamilton and a big one against Montreal this week. Got a little fortunate there as Saskatchewan. Um, yeah, I mean, it, so realistically, this team is good enough to go four and all in this last stretch. If everything goes right, if, even if you're a pessimist, I think it's pessimistic to, to, to think we're going to go three and one, but I think that's as bad as we do, unless we are way worse than we're giving them credit for. Yeah. I honestly, here, I, I think this is a Saskatchewan team that has the ability to go four and oh. And we'll probably go three and one because we'll go three and oh and rest our starters when we play Hamilton in week 16. Right. Okay. So, I mean, even if we go three and one, I guess then we're nine and five. Yeah. I just, it'd be interesting to see what, I guess, what Calgary's remaining schedule is just to see do we think that nine wins, I guess Calgary have to win out, right? So, hopefully that'd be enough. But even if they do win out and then it's a tied series, right? Yeah. So you'd really just prefer if the riders could buckle up and, and go and win four games, but definitely. Um, it'll be interesting to see with Calgary. Uh, I, we'll have to see what happens in the last week of the season. I do believe uh, I'll double check here, but yeah, Calgary does play Winnipeg in the last week of the season. I would assume Winnipeg will rest some starters, even though they have the bye week going into the West final. Yeah, you'd assume they're not going to – yeah, they're going to play for full strength when they're for the final, right? So that will play to Calgary's favor and maybe get Winnipeg that second loss. I it'll, – it'll be tough here um, for uh, – to kind of predict what's going to happen where this, where this West semifinal is going to be whether it's going to be McMahon or whether it's going to be at Mosaic, but if the riders can get it, the riders hold their, hold their playoff positioning in their own hands, um, win out and you're playing in the West semifinal at home. It's one of those things where I, I if we have it clinched uh, by, by weeks, the last week of the season in when we're going to Hamilton, yeah. it'll be interesting because if Hamilton is still playing for something, there's a there's a big chance we lose that game, right? Playing Hamilton, Definitely. Playing, playing for a purpose, right? So yeah, yeah. We, play, we we need we definitely need to get those first three under our belt before we consider anything, because there's yeah. almost no chance that Hamilton's not playing meaningful game in the last weeks for sure. Well. And that's 
that's a key point too, is, is let's focus on this week. Let's beat Montreal, but let's not overlook Edmonton that we've seen it time and time again, when a team gets in a position where they've got a few key wins, maybe need a few key wins, maybe one, one or two of those is it against a weak team. Yeah. And you'll lose them. So if you're the riders, you really got to focus up and, and not overlook an Edmonton team that, a team is that has nothing to play for is scary. Right. They're, they're playing free. They're playing loose. They're playing for, for, they're playing for tape. They're playing for contracts. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a dangerous recipe, right? Spoiler. There's going to be a lot of bad feelings easy, especially if in one of those weeks, if the riders go out there and just lay a whooping on Edmonton and then they play them again the next week, right? There's going to be blood in the air that next time. Right. So you got to be careful about that kind of stuff. Definitely. And that concludes our playoff picture where it currently stands. Again, uh, playoff scenarios for this coming week, week 13. Um, If my math is correct, Saskatchewan can clinch playoff berth with a win and a BC loss and an Edmonton loss or tie. That would put Saskatchewan into the playoffs, not clinching a position yet. That doesn't mean a home playoff game. It could still be in Calgary or – possibly in bc we can't rule that out quite yet yes, so. pretty close to being able to rule it out but uh, not mathematical not mathematical so let's just take a quick look before we wrap up here at the games this week week 13 starting off on friday night football double header starting off with calgary versus ottawa uh that one seems it seems like it should be clear right yeah calgary's really swinging up Ottawa is as low as they've been since they've been around. They just got rid of their general manager because they have nothing to play for. Desjardins had a good run right from the get-go, the start of the Red Blacks, but after he's had the last couple years, there's just nothing to hold on to. It's time to start fresh. So listen, a team like that could be dangerous, but the Calgary guys know the stakes they're playing for, and they shouldn't have a problem putting this one away, you hope. if you're I would think so, Yeah. Um, you are an Ottawa team, like we said, with Edmonton, if a team that has nothing to play for is scary, uh, just getting rid of their GM, uh, I think a lot of focus will be put on uh, in the media and things like that around that GM surge, some kind of distance from the players getting out of the media a little bit, maybe helps those guys clear their heads a little bit, um, but I don't think that'd be enough to take care of the Stampeders who are riding hot right now, even just coming off a loss. But before that, rattling off three straight wins. Right. I don't think that anything Ottawa has is enough to get up, take down the Stamps. Yeah, definitely Calgary. Um, the second game of that Friday night doubleheader is Hamilton versus Edmonton. I guess that's essentially the same situation, right? Yeah. Hamilton's coming off a big win. They're playing. They need to play off ball now. Edmonton is an absolute mess. So you hope Hamilton just takes care of business, right? I think the way Hamilton's playing right now, they're hitting a stride when they need to hit a stride. Edmonton is clean and chop a little bit, um, seeing what they have for the future maybe, and is in the media for all the wrong reasons as a bit of a broken organization. Yeah. Um, Hamilton should 
wipe the floor with Edmonton. I think I'd agree with you there. And then um, kickoff uh, Saturday day of football in the CFL with BC versus Toronto. Which, I mean, is is a pretty interesting game because I still think even for probably maybe not making the playoffs, BC is still a pretty shifty little team in their own right. You know what I mean? They still have good players. They still have a defense that has shown flashes of being really good this year. So it's, it's going to be a game for Toronto, but this game is very meaningful for both teams. So this is, like I'm saying, I've been saying this whole podcast, this is playoff football and more so than those other two games, these Saturday games are playoff football, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a must-win for BC. Yeah. Toronto is still sitting fine if they lose this game. They're still, they might get bumped down to third in the East, They but they're still in that playoff spot. Um, BC is playing for their lives. Yeah. BC is trying to keep their heads above water. And I, I, I question if, if what they have is enough, it's, I don't believe they're getting lucky whitehead back from injury anytime soon. Um, and ever since he went out, that team's looked a little different. I think Toronto will probably take care of them, but it's a big game for both teams a little bit more. So for BC, but it's going to be an interesting one. That's, that's a game to watch this week. Yeah, I guess the safe money should should be on Toronto, but especially with this do or die circumstance, it'll be interesting to see what the play calling is like for BC, especially on the offense, right? Definitely. How aggressive are they going to go? Are they going to pull out the gadget plays? Because now is the time, right? Yeah, yeah. And that rounds out the week of CFL with the Riders taking on Montreal. In Montreal, first game out east for the Riders this week. And, oh, is it a big one Yeah, for both teams. This is a Montreal team that is trying to cling on to that first place spot in the east. This is a Rider team trying to lock up a playoff spot. How do you see this one going? I mean, would I be a good Rider fan if I didn't say I see the Riders taking care of business here, <laughs> right? But, like I said, it's interesting, especially with this whole – quarterback situation in Montreal because you know that if Matthew Shields doesn't play up to stuff, Andrew Harris is going to come in. Andrew Harris is a guy that has been around the CFL enough to know exactly what the riders are about, right? So it's interesting, especially like, is there any sort of mental edge to us having to go to the East that we haven't been at yet this year? Is there any sort of that struggle or is the CFL just such a small league that really it doesn't matter that much. You know what I mean? You've played, you've played the teams. Most of your guys have a lot of experience, which most of the rider guys do. The riders are a pretty experienced team compared to some, or like, does it matter going out to these for the first time or does it not? Right. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, we definitely will. I think it helps that this is an East game. That's not at a outrageous time difference. It's a five o'clock kickoff right. in Saskatchewan, which is going to be, just prime for those guys. They're not going out there and having to kick off at 11 a.m. Saskatchewan time or something like that. Right, yeah. Like we've seen in the past. Um, I think, yeah, the riders will, they'll head into Montreal. I think it'll be a close game. I think this is a team that we might see hit their stride with some guys back from injuries, maybe Duke Williams and, and Shaq Evans. 
kind of hit their stride a little more. Maybe Duke Williams learned some more plays a little bit more. I saw him struggling with that a little bit at, yeah. in yeah. game one, but that's understandable. It's a pro, I, I, pro playbook. I hope uh, – I really want to see William Powell start to get his legs more than he has. That's my hope for the Riders because when the playoff time comes, regardless of who you're playing, that ball controller, right? Yeah. That's that's huge. And with a good back like William Powell, a really good running back like him, I'd really like to see our offensive line chop it up, win those trench battles, and get Powell's brew to really start running, right? Definitely. And I think the deep ball is something that help with helps with that. When right. you're a team that can only throw short, when you when your passes are in that nine to ten range, that ten to twenty range. That's, that's just like playing the run. It's yeah. a lot like playing the run. It's just an, that those passes are an extended run game. And once you hit a couple deep balls, now you back that defense up, you open up some running lanes. Now you can go to work with William Powell. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's hope, hope to see it, right? Hope to get his legs really cooking before playoff time. Yeah, definitely. Got anything else to talk about? I mean, that's it. That's it for the CFL, man. I mean, we got, we got a couple days here before we hit the NFL one again. So we're, we're not done with football, but keep your eyes this week on the CFL. Well removed from all the NFL times. So, you know, when you're done with the NFL on Thursday, hit the two days of the CFL and then get slept up and ready for Sunday in the NFL, man. Exactly. This time nope. of the year, football season, right? Nobody said you can't watch both leagues. Not 100%. Well, I think we'll wrap it up then. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the booth EC. Uh, you can find both of our socials there as well. Um, buy some merch. All the links for that are on our social medias as well. Uh, Wednesday will be the recording of our NFL podcast. That should come out uh, later this week as well. So keep your eyes out for that. And yes, we'll be get back. Get ready for more content, right? Just get ready yeah, for more, more content. content. More content. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, with the CFL podcast again. See you then.